feature presentation. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to an untitled spoiler cast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, are you still playing with those Marvel Snap cards, those online digital cards? I'm obsessed, dude. You know who? God, don't get me started. My deck is built from um, basically a lot of uh, one cost cards, Eric. And Killmonger, this motherfucker, he's not. Okay, this is a spoiler cast for Black Panther. We'll get into that in a second. So if you haven't seen Wakanda forever, bounce out. Uh, go see it. It's now playing in cinemas. Uh, you can listen to our spoiler-free review, which is over on um, Untitled Movie Reviews. Uh, we also have a Untitled Movie podcast where we talk about the press conference, also spoiler-free. Um, but we're talking about Marvel Snap for a second because Eric brought it up. Killmonger. Uh, this bastard, he he kills all one-power cards, and these fuckers are starting to learn that like my deck is built from one-power cards that I boost up by using kazar and blue marvel and things like this and then they kill all my cards and then i die but i played so much marvel snap eric you got to try it it's great it's a card game you collect marvel characters they all have powers it the games are like just under five minutes long i've played so much of it over the last couple weeks um it's ridiculous and i guess it's sort of relevant to this conversation because it's marvel characters but i mean how good is morbius um, uh, he is like, he gets more power. I think for every card you destroyed during that game, I think that's Morbius. I never use Morbius to be honest. Right. So <laughs> I do have Morbius, but, um, my deck is built around, like I said, like morph. a lot of one. Yeah. I, I have morph. I don't use morph that often either, but, um, it is a great card game. Everyone go check it out, but I know you're not listening to this for, uh, my review on Marvel snap. You're, uh, listening or watching this cause you want to hear us get into it and talk about black panther wakanda forever with spoilers so uh i hope you've seen the movie like i said we are going to get into it in a few moments if you want just our overall thoughts on the movie go check out that spoiler free review this will both be what we liked what we didn't like and kind of going through sort of beat by beat what happened in this movie the implications for the mcu moving forward how they dealt with the passing of chadwick boseman and, and how they dealt with t'challa's death uh, who the new Black Panther is, all of where mutants might go in the future, like all that kind of stuff we're going to be covering in this episode. So um, please leave now if you haven't seen it. It's a good movie. You should go see it. Uh, and I hope you're not listening to this just so you can get all the spoilers. You probably found them on Reddit already or something like that. Or if you still um, frequent Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they're probably all over. But Eric, we are recording this before the movie comes out, um, which is it feels freeing to talk about spoilers, even though we're not posting this um, until the movie comes out. So we don't even know what the general you know, reaction to this movie. The re-reaction is going. God damn it. <laughs> um, that's going to happen a lot. Um, I, I don't know what people will think of the movie. I think it'll go over very, very well, I think. Um, I think it'll make a ton of money. Um, I, I'm curious to see where people fall on their MCU rankings or how they feel about it compared to the first Black Panther. Will this get another Best Picture nomination? Will Angela Bassett be the first Marvel uh, actor to get an acting nomination? Stuff like that. But um, it's kind of feels freeing where we're just, these are our opinions. We don't really know what people think about what happened in this movie. Really, I haven't talked to anyone uh, but you about it. Um, so it'll be kind of fun that this is a little time capsule where we're not influenced by 
other people going, Ooh, I didn't like, you know, that this person was the new black Panther or, or X, Y, Z, but let's get into it. Where do you want to start? Spoilers are starting in three, two, one. Han Solo dies. Sure. God damn it. Um, Shuri is the new black Panther. I yes. think that's probably the, the place to, to start. And, um, I think unsurprisingly, um, something we even talked about when the movie ended and we were kind of walking around with our thoughts and, and talking about it, where probably the, the most obvious route to go because of the line of succession and just kind of made sense for... Well, they're also using um, a route, right? For like yeah. an elixir. Yeah, that's true. The, the heart-shaped herb. But I just... It was the most obvious choice. And even in some of the marketing leading up to the movie, you know, it's weird, I guess, that they've kept this so secretive. Like, do you think that that was one, a good choice? Do you think Shuri's a good choice for the the next Black Panther? Um, or should have they have just come out from the start and been like, Chadwick passed away, T'Challa is, is obviously not moving forward, and Shuri is going to be the new Black Panther. Because I'm of two ways of it, because obviously I really like the movie. You, you guys can maybe already listen to our spoiler-free review. Um, I love the character of Shuri. I think Letitia Wright is great as Shuri. She was one of the standouts in that first movie. And I think maybe eventually she was always poised to maybe become the next Black Panther, but probably not for 10 years or something like that, or maybe five, 10 years whenever Chadwick didn't want to play the character anymore. But well, do you know if Shuri becomes anything in the, she does become books? black Panther okay. at, at some point, but I'm not, I'm not fully versed in, in black Panther lore and, and, and the comics, but um, I believe she does become black Panther when T'Challa, you know, passes in the comics, but you know, with comics characters die, come back, change. Um, but I always liked Shuri in, in the spot she was in, and she's probably pushed into this role much earlier than she she would have been, obviously. Um, and then of the mind of should they have just come out and, and told people, they kind of are in the marketing. Like if you're smart enough and, and you know the MCU and know the characters and know Shuri the character, like even in the most recent trailers where she has her kind of sonic wave blasters, like on the Black Panther suit is like something she used both in the first movie and in um end game or infinity war or both of them um so anyways what, what infinity do you work because she was because yeah didn't she disappear in, in end game right but at the end she comes back right, right. with everyone so um but yeah, yeah I, so I, sure I, is the new black panther yeah i think it's fine ultimately in terms yeah. of um sort of having that as kind of a a, a reveal at the end because it adds to the arc of yeah. that character's journey, you know, from beginning to end, you know, of her you, struggling with that. And yeah, the loss of her brother, but also feeling like she's incapable of doing anything and being also one of, or maybe the smartest human being on the planet and still feeling that helplessness and feeling like she failed, you know, her family, but also her nation and, you know, being unsure of herself, not only as Shuri, but as a potential successor in that role. And I think that self-doubt really does play a major part in her development over the course of this movie. And especially when, you know, she has to protect not only her people, but, you know, people that are you know, in harm's way that don't know it. And that's where the Riri Williams character comes into play. And so you have her 
you know, having these conversations with uh, Tenoch Huerta's character Namor. And a lot of what this reminded me of, this back and forth, it's it's a lot like Charles and Magneto having conversations about the future of humanity and whether or not it's time to rise up against the oppressors and take back what's yours and, and how do you kind of go on. And then, you know, that kind of being more of the Magneto kind of way where, where Namor kind of has that kind of um, ideology. And again, you know, you, you understand why he does. It's not just simply, he's a bad guy. It's like, well, he's had these experiences and you kind of understand the justification of his reasoning, even though he does some horrible things that are still irredeemable and will probably be moving (laughs) forward, um, which makes him a very complex and compelling character. And, And it's the same thing with Shuri where Shuri, you know, is, more grounded and has spent more time on the surface level and has has gotten to spend time you know in in oakland and and things like that and 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 gotten to meet americans and 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 other international uh countries and people and, and ways of life and i think like she's looking at it she doesn't she wants to correct the things that are wrong or course correct them in the best way she can but at the same time she's one of you know, not a, a, a mass genocide, you know, and only the mutants will live and only the superpowered will live, the strongest will survive. Um, but then you even have a moment where her thinking is kind of, you know, warped and, and, and manipulated because of the emotion that she has in the third act um, and kind of looking almost to become a Magneto herself and how she wants to deal with Namor, because this is the other big spoiler, I think, is that Angela Bassett's character dies. She -hmm. drowns saving Riri Williams. And so with that arc, you have, again, that's very much like Magneto in X-Men First Class, where, you know, a lot of the things that uh, Michael Fassbender's Magneto agrees with with Kevin Bacon's character in that movie. He future he, MCU it, character Kevin Bacon, future MCU uh, 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 antagonist, perhaps or Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy uh, uh, join up. Uh, Kevin Bacon is that he agrees with Sebastian Shaw for the most part. Like he's yeah. like, I'm on par. I'm I'm right with you on terms of like I think you know mutants are better than humans, and it's our time, and 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 humans are the ones that will always kind of you know um ostracize you and turn you into pariahs or or worse and but the thing is you killed my mother and and that i will never be able to work with you and i'm going to destroy you yeah the but where that ends is that shuri doesn't put a coin through (laughs) Namor's head you know shuri is, is is brought back to the charles xavier side of things with you know the 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 final kind of thought of of her mother and what her mother would have done in this situation, yeah. and so I think that as even T'Challa story, too, right? Like exactly. I know it's yeah. it's focused on Angela Bassett because her death, yeah, you know, happens later in the movie. But even and T'Challa that's the strongest and how he stuff approached, in this yeah. whole movie, like that arc alone, is such a singular, interesting, well thought out, conscientious look at somebody who is taking on 
and and like even her talking like there's a moment where uh Akoya and 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 Churi are talking about like oh well I talked to the queen about this and it's like well she's my mother and you know again like it's like it's that, different yeah yeah you know like you, you there there are multiple facets of a person you know you can you can look at somebody as the leader of something but then you know if you are their child or if you are you know a, a son or daughter you see that person differently and so like and even where they come from and i think that goes like you said that singular story of shuri's journey of losing her brother losing herself um kind of dealing with both the loss of their king and then also the loss of this protector of, of the black panther the loss of the heart-shaped herb which is actually a really clever way that they deal with how uh, Killmonger destroyed all the heart-shaped herbs. So you go, how are they even going to have a new Black Panther? Because that's what gave the Black Panther their powers. And then the loss of her mother, and then the whole juxtaposition between well, even their the, their father um, too, right? Because yeah, their in, father. In, in, yeah, in Captain America: Civil War, he dies. He's assassinated, too, yeah. right? And so it's like they have lost that family has lost so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah, and then how that plays out of of both her being conflicted of, of wanting to do the right thing, but then also wanting revenge and wanting to burn the world because she feels like she's lost her whole family and all this kind of stuff. And then that juxtaposition between uh, Namor and, and kind of what he's dealing with of, of, like you said, and you put it perfectly with the X-Men Magneto um, Charles Xavier analogy. And ironically, Namor is a mutant and probably one of the first mutants in the MCU with Miss Marvel. Um, but it's or he probably is the first mutant because he comes much before her. Um, I don't know. He, well, they talk about like he he almost has like the he won't be the first Wolverine. mutant because of apocalypse. But anyways, no. Going. But he but he also has some of the qualities that like Wolverine has, where like he ages much slower than yeah. than that's why he's you know he's thousands of years old and yeah. and Namor's known for two things in the comic books. He's known for being an asshole, and he's also known for the guy that kind of is the third in the love triangle with uh. Reed and uh, Sue Richards. Yeah, so, so that'll be interesting how that yeah. goes forward too. Um, he's he's sexy as hell in this movie. He's really good, um, and he's just a great actor and a great performance. And again, we talked about this a lot in our spoiler our spoiler free review. Is that he's just a really good, complicated villain, much like Killmonger was in that first one, where you completely kind of see you know how the surface world you know treated. Um, you know, his people, how they had to go down into the, you know, the ocean and, and live underwater and how even how they work in the heart shape herb and all the kind of parallels between the Talokan nation and Wakanda of, of having this, um, you know, herb that gave them their powers, having a, a stash of vibranium that they're protecting and using. Um, all of that kind of stuff never feels forced. And it just feels like, you know, it, it is a really interesting you know, we talk about Marvel movies a lot having, you know, it's just the same thing and they're fighting the same thing. And ultimately this movie is doing that, but as nations instead of just characters. Um, but I think it does it in such an interesting way where the script, like you said, like the most interesting stuff is between Shuri and, and Queen Ramonda and, and Namor and dealing with Chadwick's passing and dealing with um, all of that. And then when you add in, everything else that's where we kind of got into some of our criticisms of the feeling a little bit bloated right um but i i do really before Riri. we move on to that stuff Riri, Riri and and uh, yeah and everett ross we'll get into that but i do think shuri was the natural choice like the other one people thought like maybe nakia was going to take up the and there's a big spoiler there that we can get into too with uh t'challa having a son 
Um, but Nakia could have maybe taken up the role. And I thought at one point they were going to do that. Like I thought they were trying to pull a fast one on us where Shuri was going to go like, I don't want to take the heart shape herb. Like I, I, I think Nakia, you should, or something like that. Like, but it did make sense that Shuri ultimately becomes, um, the black Panther, especially with losing her entire family and just feeling like, um, you know, it's something that she kind of needs to do. Um, yeah, I think the other part before we move on to maybe some of that other stuff is like Shuri going into the ancestral plane and seeing Killmonger. I thought it was fucking awesome. Which goes um, to the side of her, like, like again, like the dark side, right? Yeah. Like the, the 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 giving into the impulses because that's at, when that happens. That's just after she's lost her mother, yeah. and so you could look at that again as like the Magneto side kind of luring her in. It's like, are you going to? you know, do what's right for the community? Are you going to do what's right for your people? Or are you going to take care of business for yourself? You know? And I think that stuff is really strong. And and again, I, 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 Michael B. Jordan, man, like he's one of those guys where it's just, just like anytime best, he shows up, it's like, yeah, like he's, he's got everything. He's, he's a great actor. He's a movie star. He's just like amazing. And, and I do really love Namor, but I think what kind of, maybe keeps me from loving him the same way I, I I love Killmonger is there's, there's an emotional pain in, in Killmonger's performance. And I keep thinking about that one scene where he has that kind of weird, like flashback fantasy moment where he sees Sterling K Brown's character again in, in, in black Panther, the first movie and sort of breaks down. And I think that moment really helps kind of show that like this guy, like, you really understand where he's coming from, even if you don't agree with the way he's going about, you know, justifying his actions. Um, and, and it's the same thing with Namor, but I think with Namor, he's more of a figurehead um, than anything else still. Like there's still like an emotional side of the character that maybe we'll see more of moving forward where I felt Killmonger and, and Michael B. Jordan's performance specifically brought that, out uh quite a bit and and almost did challenge chadwick boseman in terms of you know who was the best in terms of the performances in that movie because like to me like that's that should have been the first performance to be nominated for an oscar within the the marvel world because it's just absolutely piece of 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 acting um but yeah but but i but i do think like even like the heart shaper like the the spoiler there being like it's synthetically created like it's like the new generation creating something from what's come before but at the same time it's their version of it you know and 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 so playing within tradition and and you know um uh, respecting what's come before you but at the same time embracing what's next and doing so in a way that is representing that in that herb yeah and i think it's such a clever way of um just from writing of, of coming up with Namor and his backstory. And like I said, all those parallels with Wakanda and just being like, you kind of, you wrote yourself in a corner, not realizing you wrote yourself in a corner in that first movie, right? Because of everything that happened that was out of your control and having to rewrite this movie, which we do touch on in our spoiler free review. But like, did you feel that in the character too? Like everything is out of Shuri's control and she kind of feels just completely lost. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, Kugler and, um, uh, Joe Robert Cole do a really great job of it not feeling like forced, right? Like they had, you knew they had to come and create the heart shape herb again. And you knew that there were certain beats that you had to hit of introducing a new Black Panther. And like, yes, it maybe goes the little bit more obvious route with, with Shuri. And it, it seems 
a little strange of going like we're keeping this a surprise but as eric mentioned like it is part of that character's journey so if you come out in the marketing and go sure he's the new black panther um it kind of maybe loses a part of that because you know it's coming where she's struggling on if she wants to do that if there should be another black panther like did the black panther also you know die with t'challa kind of thing and 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 what's next and to your point and i think if you come out from the start and just go well yeah it's shuri everyone like then maybe you know it's not necessarily meant to be like oh shit she's the new black panther it's like oh it makes sense for that character in this movie because we just spent two hours building up to that moment right like there is no black panther in this movie for the first two hours i'd say maybe even more um which we talked about a little bit at the end of our spoiler free review but you know i think that's why wakanda forever is basically the title of this movie and and black panther is is in smaller font above it um because like this very much is a, a wakanda movie and a woman the women of wakanda movie and a namor movie i guess but um where they are really the spotlight like you mentioned lapita nyongo angela bassett just crushing it like her i didn't expect her to her to pass away in this movie because we just we were also dealing with the loss of of chadwick boseman in real life there's that meta layer where dealing with the loss of that character you know his father just recently died so i think that is an unexpected moment when angela bassett does pass away that is that final kind of straw that um pushes shuri to where she needs to to be and and to go and then that introduction of bringing killmonger back is is i think done and, and, like, and not not really bringing him back though we i mean sure. obviously we already said that but like in bringing terms of the like- character back but he's in the ancestral plane so the character yeah. did pass away in the first movie because i think some people were still holding out hope that he didn't die and that he was in a prison or something like that and he was alive and that he possibly could be the next black panther which i feel like that would all be not it that none of that really made sense and felt like it would be maybe uh forcing something that's not there so it'd but be I disingenuous like the way, to to the the yeah the more organic story that is there even if it is you know it is predictable but i think it works on a dramatic sort of scale and not just simply like a plot point to have like yeah. a, a spoiler or what have you and and when you get to those moments they still feel earned and you feel you, you know while watching them that the 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 writing and the performances and the direction and the cinematography are all and even the score are all kind of reacting to what has gone on since 2018 and and that loss and now how do you pick up those pieces and rebuild again and 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 figure out a way to move forward it is it is a lot to ask an audience to feel that much despair i think with when when angela bassett's character dies because it's like again you know that 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 family has gone through so much i mean basically they're, they're like the kennedys almost in that way where it's like it's like how much tragedy is tragedy and then when does it become almost like weirdly comedic or or a joke like a dark joke where it's like this family is just like full of loss and well that's like what thor they have turned it thor into that right like he's yeah. lost everyone and and and, 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 he, and, and they've and they've dealt with depression in that as well which yeah. i think is really interesting and 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 the whether or not you are still worthy if you are feeling that and that you still are worthy if you are depressed that doesn't make you any less of a hero um and and this does that as well but it is a lot to go through given how much the prologue sets you up for such a 
emotionally felt moment and that you know t'challa dies from they don't say specifically what it is but it's something it's just off star. screen yeah yeah and and so with that you kind of like that really does haunt you. An through. unknown illness is what they say yeah. Yeah, in the movie. It, it it haunts you for the rest of the film. And and again, it also sets the course for who Shuri will become or, or, or who she'll realize she is. Because I think, you know, part of it is just, you know, that reassurance in yourself and, and not feeling imposter syndrome as well and, and wanting to be you know, the, the, to live up to those expectations that you, you have in, in your own, you know, family, it's like, I, I, can I be as good or as, 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 you know, noble as, as T'Challa was, or as, as my mother was, or, or my father, and am I even cut out for any of this? Yeah. And, and, and so like, even thinking that where like, if, if it was Lapita Nyong'o's character that was given the elixir and became the new black Panther. I think that that would feel like a false note. I agree um, because of that. So that all makes perfect sense. I think where I have some problems is where you have the world building and, you know, the potential spinning off, but you wanted to mention something first. Yeah. Before we go into that stuff. Um, oh God, I, I had something in my head. Um, about that oh i I just yeah before we move on to that like shuri is black panther and even that last moment with with namor and we mentioned this on the spoiler free review a little bit too where the last act is very much still a marvel last act right like there's still a big battle on a big you know ship um that you know has some good moments has some messy moments like looks good in moments looks like a cgi fight fest in other moments right like there's a really goofy predator looking um costume it looks like a they, power ranger um, suit than anything else like a villain yeah. character like a putty character something would wear yeah like it, that where they literally make fun of it throughout the whole movie that it looks bad and then they still have the characters use it so like that was a strange thing so you have this this you know a barge that they're fighting on um that you know is cool at moments because i really do like the design of the talokan people and their and their uh, you know, them coming out with their apparatuses and fighting on the side of the ship and, and stuff like that. And you have, you know, Ironheart doing her thing. There's a lot going on. And then that last bit with Shuri and and Namor, which is like, you know, Namor's kryptonite space heaters. Um, like, <laughs> you mean so, fast food heaters. Yeah, so yeah. that's the one thing. It's like, if you're ever hanging out with Namor, don't go, go to uh, a Burger a, King. A, a, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, it's, that is funny because they're fighting on the ship. She just like puts these space heaters on him and he's, he's, you know, dehydrating and, and can't fight. And then that last sequence, which is just a short fight sequence, but is, is goes back to that Xavier Magneto thing where it's, but it's also a like, lot like, first class uh, right where yeah. you have the, the 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 cuban missile crisis about to happen on the water with you know the 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 humans and then you have the battle with sebastian uh is it stan or shaw shaw because uh, sebastian stan, stan is the is, actor right, right. <laughs> yeah okay It'd be amazing if he played <laughs> sebastian uh shaw but you have sebastian saw you have magneto and you have uh Professor X all battling on the island as the impending doom on the sea is going on, right? And it yeah. feels very similar to that same oh, totally. structure, you know. So I I definitely understand those parallels, and I, I like that you brought that up. But like then that moment of like I love that Killmonger is still a presence, right? That he it, just like he was kind of like uh, infecting T'Challa with his kind of um, worldview. Like he, he infected Shuri with that worldview, but then she's also trying to learn from her brother. And just like how Chadwick let, uh, well, at the time he thought 
ironically, Sebastian Stan Winter Soldier live because, um, and then even uh, uh, Daniel Bruhl's character, right? Like it's that kind of same thing where he could have easily killed uh, Daniel Bruhl in Civil War, but he lets him live much like- rules. Um, much like how it's just the juxtaposition there, I think is really nice. Like with Shuri not being infected by Killmonger saying, you know, burn the world, get revenge, like still be, you know, he's still very much like you got to fight for the Wakandan people and, and you got to, you know, these people, even if they're similar to you and you understand where they're coming from and unlike Corey being affected by Michael Myers in Halloween. Sure. Yeah. So I like Shuri letting him live at the end and it felt much like, you know, T'Challa letting, why am I blanking on Daniel Brühl's characters? Uh, uh, Zemo? Zemo, Baron Zemo. Yeah. I was going to say in, Venmo. <laughs> in, in Civil War. Like I, I like that kind of parallel there. And, and with Killmonger both, you know, even in that first movie, um, kind of infecting Ch- T'Challa as well. So I, I do think Shuri was a good choice. It, it made the most sense, even if it's the least surprising uh, route to take it. Um, and I like how she deals with with Namor at the end. Like they don't like they don't kill him off. Thank goodness, because like MCU does that way too often um, where he can come back in a future movie. And I'm sure we'll talk about where he might come back at, at near the end of this episode. Um, OK, Eric, you wanted to move over to some of the stuff that we necessarily we don't we're not going to necessarily go beat for beat on the plot on this. Uh, we're just kind of kind of go over big moments or, or kind of elaborating on some things that we talked about in our spoiler free review, but to go to some of the negatives or maybe the stuff that we didn't like as much, uh, we can kind of go into more detail, uh, on that. Do you want to start with the re re stuff or the, uh, Everett Ross stuff? Let's start with Riri because it kind of is first introduced in a in a way that's actually well done, which is almost like this mini horror movie within, um, that opening the sequence. Film. Yeah, yeah. Where with you Lake find- Bell. With Lake Bell and uh, John Robert Burke, uh, who played uh, RoboCop in RoboCop 3. Uh, spoiler alert, RoboCop is <laughs> is killed. <laughs> um, but, what, but what I like about that is that it is kind of playing on like that kind of like horror movie, aquatic horror thing for a minute. But um, it's also introducing you to the MacGuffin of the film, which is this vibranium detector. And it's under the water and how um, the, the Telecon people... Um, want the person responsible for making this and that's why riri williams is brought into the fold and so you have uh Bo shuri and akoya going to boston and it kind of becoming i guess pun intended a fish out of water uh comedy for a minute where you know like they're you know critiquing like uh the technology being kind of antiquated and and, and low level with like iphones good and shot at like iphones that. yeah a good um, shot at iphones and so that stuff kind of feels a little bit tonally off and it also does feel like it pauses some of the more some not only some of the namor but some of the more um <laughs> emotional stuff and it's kind of like yeah. okay well we're also now introducing this new character that you know comic book comic book fans will know who she is obviously but for people that are seeing these movies that maybe are only fans of the films it's like well you have to kind of give a quick kind of summary of 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 who she is and you get that but then on top of that you have like this action sequence which has one really cool moment where Akoya sticks her spear into the back of this muscle car and it kind of uses it's a dope action like a, sequence a tailgate kind of thing and it's it, it, that's awesome i think that that's it's a very subtle 
little piece of, of action direction that is really well done. Um, but it, it does take more time to introduce this character than to kind of have um, Letitia Wright and, and, and Dominic Thorne kind of go off with the Talacan people and, and then, you know, uh, Denia Guerrera go back to uh, Wakanda. And there's a great moment there that we'll talk about in a second, but it just kind of feels like there's, there's, there's so much exposition and world building and character introduction. And then when you have Riri being saved by Bassett's character, it feels a little bit like, again, a shortcut to get you to get Riri emotionally connected to, to the storyline. Story yeah. Because when you have that kind of fight on the barge and then she says for the queen, it doesn't feel earned in the way that a lot of the emotion that is coming from a film that you wouldn't expect to be emotionally wrought you know it feels synthetic like it doesn't feel it feels it's just so shoehorned in and it's like we, we we haven't spent enough time with this character to really know her yes she was saved by the queen but at the same time it's like you know it's it's such a cheap way to kind of like get that emotional kind of investment in, in, in what she's doing for Wakanda now and, and, and feeling kind of obligated in the way that kind of even Martin Freeman did in the first movie. Um, and it's just like, okay, I don't know if it really earns that as, as, as well. And, and, and it just kind of feels like, again, like maybe if Ironheart, the series was first brought in to play before the movie Wakanda forever, maybe, that, again, that still would have been a shortcut, but at least we would have had the what, like six to eight episodes yeah. to kind of develop her and not have to do all this, you know, um, backstory I, and exposition. I agree. And like, I mean, I obviously love the movie. I love the character. Um, can't wait to see her in her own show and things like that. And to kind of continue that, you know, Iron Man slice of the universe with her uh, as Ironheart. And um, I agree with everything you're saying though. Like I, I, I do like a lot of those moments in, in Cambridge at MIT. Uh, I, they do feel awkward at times because of the, you know, the emotion in this movie and what it's dealing with. But um, I do like those moments of levity and I do like the kind of fish out of water stuff with Okoya and, and, and Shuri. Um, I don't think it all works. And I do think that I am absolutely with you where, you know, sure, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't do a better job than the people making this movie. But I do feel like if we had Ironheart before this and we built up the character, we come to know and love the character from that series. And in that series, we kind of see her working on something um, that's separate to her, her, you know, suits that you go, oh, what's that other thing? And like you find out in this movie that she was building this thing for, the CIA or whoever to, to find vi- vibranium and her dad and, to kind of being like yeah. her own emotional arc with the car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, I feel like that stuff, if we built that up and then we see her pop up in this movie, um, I feel like, yeah, those moments would have felt a little bit more earned or we would have popped a little bit to be like, Oh, Riri, we just saw her in a show. Like it's awesome that she's in this movie too. And then, um, I, yeah, I, I, I would have preferred that. And then you could have maybe, you know, the MacGuffin of that vibranium detector, like could have been maybe earned a little bit more and not just kind of, she really much does feel like a plot device or a MacGuffin in this or movie. A catalyst where, like, or a catalyst character. Right? Yeah. Where like, you're still introducing her. So now when we get to the series, we don't have to kind of set up that, even though you're still going to have to, because it's a separate thing. 
even though the MCU is all connected, you still have to kind of do a quick reintroduction of who that character is for people who might not have watched this movie. Um, and then she'll be on to her Mark three suit, which will probably be a little bit more of the, the suit we're familiar with from the comics, or at least the people who know her from the comics. But um, yeah, I, I think that I like her. I, I think it is a little overstuffed and like, I don't know if you can completely, you could have just removed her from this movie, but I almost would have liked her still in this movie, but maybe set up beforehand um, where I agree with you. The stuff with the queen feels like we already had enough going on with T'Challa that I'm fine with them, you know, killing off Angela Bassett's character, but like having Riri be that person who, you know, is brought in and, and feels in emotionally invested because of that doesn't super feel earned. I'm, I'm a thousand percent with you. And there's just a lot going on, right? Like the best stuff, which we mentioned at the beginning of the show is with Shuri is with, um, Namor is with the women of Wakanda. So I also brought this up that I like that they bring in a contemporary for Shuri, right? Because in the first movie, you know, her brother was that contemporary and, and that they had that kind of back and forth and, and you know pushed each other and and kind of were best friends almost and like you kind well, of she was that. she was the cue to yeah. t'challa's to, to bond right and, yeah and, and that was kind of like the dynamic when that movie was coming out a lot of comparisons were like oh this is less like a mcu movie and this is almost like a james bond film well, even that sequence in korea right at the casino is, yeah. is very bond like um and now i guess you'd say they're both kind of like q because they're both techie people right maybe too similar um but i like that she has that person and you know that person from you know the us and and and, and stuff too that she can kind of have that back and forth with so um i'm mostly with you though that i feel like the riri williams stuff doesn't feel as fleshed out as it should. Like even when she gets that Mark II suit, like I went to the bathroom when she started um, making that suit. I don't know what I missed in that quick moment. Like I ran to the bathroom and ran back, but by the, when I got back, then you see that's the ultimate spoiler. How many times did you go to the bathroom during this movie? Only twice. Only twice. Uh, right? I think. So. I think twice. so. Yeah. 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 I went, I strategically, I'm pretty good at picking when to go for the most part, but like, um, there was that time where I was always missing sex scenes in superhero movies because I missed the sex scene in Birds of Prey and then I missed the sex scene in Eternal. So I just randomly like left right before those sex scenes in those movies. You are um, a prudish person. So. Yeah. Shield your eyes, Matt. Go to the bathroom. Um, but in this, she starts making her Mark II costume, right? Because she does the whole Tony like hammering yeah. out the heart. And then did not listening to ACDC, which I was she, disappointed with. Yeah, it's that <laughs> Spider-Man's thing now. Um didn't oh that, that's a quick thing. Didn't Spider-Man, Ned, and MJ also go to uh MIT? They were applying to MIT. Okay. I think they wanted to go to MIT, right? But then they yeah. all get rejected because of. Uh, but didn't didn't um, they end up going there in the end though? Because like he, he um, yes he Peter doesn't does, right. he doesn't, but they do. They get okay. in, I think. Right? I right. think. And then, I wonder if there'll be some sort of crossover there with with Ironheart. You'd hope so, right? Like, I mean, I think with all of these, you know, younger characters they're introducing in the MCU, there's got to be some sort of young Avengers that they're building to. And I have some theories on that too at the end, which I'm not sure what they're going to go into with the young Avengers or or what? Because you got they're... you got Hawkeye two, Ironheart, Ant Man two point or Ant Woman, um, yeah, uh, CEO of Sex. Um, you know, all your favorites. Ned. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we'll we'll get into that at the end. But um yeah, Riri feels a little 
little shoehorned in here. Like yeah. it, it, it's got that sequel problem in some points where it's like, we gotta, we gotta go harder. We gotta add more characters. We gotta add more wor- world building. Like again, like some of the issues we had in Iron Man two and, and, you know, even, uh, age of Ultron. And, and whenever you have these second movies, that, um, or third, even like when when you're introducing a new character that doesn't maybe thematically connect into the story you're telling as well. Uh, like the Namor thing, it's like okay, Namor works because Namor is a contrast in comparison to yeah. Wakanda. He's and, the antagonist, to, yeah, yeah, and 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 it it makes sense where where you know you you mentioned that again, you know the 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 colleagues the contemporaries the the allies of Shuri and Riri, Riri are there but it does feel like there is more work to be done to get Riri into the story because she's not necessarily one of the main characters you know within this story she is very much a supporting actor within this ensemble that's being brought in so it it doesn't feel as organic to the storytelling where you've had a little bit more time with everybody else that's come before. And now you're introducing a new villain, but the villain does kind of connect within the themes of the story you're playing with. So it's, it's just, it's, 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 it takes more time. And I think that that's why it throws off the tone. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Right. And then that adds to that. And then, Unless you have something else to say, we can move on to. I was going to quickly the, say the one, the the other thing that I really um, thought was quite powerful and and moving um, from uh, Denia Guerrera is the the scene where Angela Bassett's character strips her strips her of her um, her uh, identity of her, her her. She's the head of the Dormelage, and she removes that. Rubber, yeah, and so, and that yeah. scene in so many other movies where a good guy lets the other team members down or, or lets down the person they're working for or, or whoever is usually no played accountability off as, or what? No, 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 no. It's, it's usually played off and like, don't be so hard on yourself. And like, you know, you yeah, did the I best mean. you like, could. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not, cause, cause when you say no ca- accountability, it's almost like the characters, like I got away with this. Or it's like, whoo, it's sure. a thing that, I, that I, I get, I, I get what you're saying, but where, you know what I mean? Where, yeah. yeah. Where Akoya is hard on herself and it's like, it's like she, understands knows, the failure yeah. but then angela bassett just literally tears into her <laughs> yeah and it's an amazing scene because it is it is it, she is not holding back uh bassett and she just like it is it, it, and it's just seeing this person whose whole life and identity yeah. is is you know this 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 position and and she doesn't know anything else and she and, was doing her best even yeah. though like yes the queen did say don't you don't need to take my daughter on this trip and kind of thing. But like it, it is an emotionally powerful scene and it is, you know, uh, Ramonda like kind of, uh, you know, giving into her emotions because she's lost her husband. She's lost her son. She's now think seemingly lost her daughter at that point, um, at least kidnapped or however you want to put it. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great scene. And I was going to bring that up too of like, um, stripping her seems harsh but like i do like that that sequence right like it's just that's what i mean by accountability like someone being like to your point in most movies it's like all right well you tried uh and you know at least you were don't beat yourself up you did the best you could where she's like you fucking you're gone (laughs) she's just like you're done you're like we're stripping you you're like you are not welcome uh, in the Dora Milaje anymore. And you're like, Oh God damn. You're like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. That's like 
almost some a character that you both characters you really love at that moment but you again understand where ramon is coming from but then you also feel sympathetic towards akoya who who really was doing her best and that fight sequence on the bridge i think is awesome too yeah um Oh, style uh, points for this movie, which we didn't talk about in the um, spoiler-free review. Love the subtitles. The color-coded subtitles are fucking awesome. And like with the different are, languages, yeah, the different languages. So like the Talokan people are in blue. Uh, the Wakandan text is in yellow, I believe. Right, and then um, but just the way that like they the there's a lot of different languages in the movie, and the way that they use subtitles is like a. And isn't the text different as well? So the text, yeah, might be a different, uh, a lot of the times when you're seeing different locations, it'll go from the Wakandan text into English or the Talokan, I think, text into whatever location it is. And it might even like be different fonts for the different um, languages and different colors. And I just like, that's the kind of style stuff that you know if you listen to our show that i love like just those that that attention to detail kind of just like sure you could have used generic fonts and generic subtitles and and all that kind of stuff but just to be like the just that attention to go let's try to make this something uh unique from a style perspective i think is even from something as you know just as oh it's a subtitle for someone is like done really really well um, moving on to the Everett Ross stuff. So oh, the thing you haven't mentioned is uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in this movie. And I feel like, and I know you'll get into the same thing, Eric, and I'm 100% with you, where every time I've seen that character pop up, always feels like it's it's forced a little bit. It almost feels like a parody version, like you would see it on SNL, like that would be their version of like a character coming in and be like, oh, like the Nick Fury of it all. And it's it's almost like it has become like a self-aware joke in a way and it doesn't work. And I love Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Like, I think she's amazing, obviously like Seinfeld and Veep and things like that. But it's it just, the character doesn't feel like a part of, the mcu it it, it feels almost even though like, she's been in quite a few things now <laughs> like, it, it feels almost just it's just like julie louis dreyfus cosplay <laughs> like like and and you're watching these scenes you know where you're, you're having this back and forth between um, um martin freeman's character and her and and you know valentina Mar- allegra de fontaine yeah th- these characters had a, a former relationship they were formerly married and and it's just like none of this is is necessary for the plot like i understand having sort of you know uh, someone on the outside kind of helping you and also kind of being a voice of reason when talking to the u.s government with with freeman's character but there's just part of it that kind of is like okay this is truly extraneous to the story and you really don't need it but i could also and this is only assumption on my part i could see it kind of being like a kind of compromise where the mid credit scene and there's only one is so emotional and, and such a good way to kind of wrap things up, but also kind of, you know, lay way to the future is that it's like, okay, well, do you really want another post credit scene with, with Dreyfus's character coming into play again? It's like, okay, well, let's just, you know, rip the bandaid off and have just her ha- just have her a part of the movie in the movie. <laughs> and, like, and that way you can have a couple of scenes and then get it over with, but it still kind of feels like it's from a different film entirely. Like it doesn't feel like it's in, it's actually even in the movie. 
like even when they're having conversations about Wakanda and like the decision whether or not to invade it it, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's from the same film and it throws you off so much it's and they are so building bad. I, I get why they keep bringing her in and and as the kind of well, thunderbolts you know, yeah it is for thunderbolts and and you know the new Nick Fury, like, you know, Nick Fury at the beginning of the MCU was that, you know, I work for this government agency, you know, I'm not necessarily the good now guy. Now I'm a space we, pirate. We, yeah, we do bad things and, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't always great and they were all looking out for the United States or themselves and, and, and things like that. So, like, I get that that's continuing that character of, like, the U.S. government really being out for themselves and, and you know talking about black adam again with um uh what's her name's character um you know uh who's the suicide squad task force x what am i oh amanda waller amanda waller davis thank you i blanked there for a second viola davis as amanda waller it's kind of that character right like for the mcu yeah much like suicide squad yeah and and much like uh, you know amanda waller just randomly popping up in things with viola davis just shooting shit on her iphone like it's just like Julia Louis Dreyfus just looks like she like waltzed onto set, and you're just like, why? Why are you here? <laughs> like, and it's just like, it's. I'm not against the character, and I know it's building up the Thunderbolts, and like, I know, um, it's going to lead somewhere. And I guess that's what I meant by, in our review as well, that I was alluding to, like maybe once you see where everything is going, you might go back to this movie and be a little bit more forgiving on the Val stuff because you know where it ended up or what it was leading to and maybe not maybe you're still gonna go that didn't need to be in this movie and it at this moment i go this didn't need to be in the movie all the everett ross stuff and all the val stuff you could have literally just went bam and chopped it out of the movie and you would have been totally fine yeah all like, you really needed from from freeman was him just saying to you know shuri and akoya that oh um you yeah know, the, the person who invented this tech is in, in boston that That's could have it. been it it could have been a cameo like michael stuhlbarg yeah. with his cool hair and and yeah. Dr. give Strange martin too. freeman cool <laughs> long hair <laughs> um it could have just been a cameo and then, okay, we saw Everett Ross again and we know he's going to be in Secret Invasion, right? Like we know yeah. he's still around. We know who he's working for. You give a little bit of exposition going, oh, he now works for whoever he works for. I forget. Um, but the CIA or, or no, he's Langley like, in Washington. Langley, yeah. Like we know who he's working for. We know he's around. Sure. He calls him. He gives a little bit of exposition get the fuck out of here <laughs> like yeah. that's all we need go back and to I, middle earth my friend it's not i like martin freeman i do too I even, like i like the character i like i'm more indifferent on the character but like he's fine um he was and the he humor served, is terrible in the in the scenes yeah, between him all the stuff in val like making val his his former like his his wife it, like yeah. just is is strange and like i guess it'll lead somewhere with secret invasion or um like I could see him being a scroll. Um, uh, like I, I, I could see that. Martin scroll, but yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but like everything with that, I, I felt like every time it went there, I just went, why, why you're ripping us out of the good stuff to bring us back. It's not like it was even awful. It just like, to your point felt like it was from a different movie. It didn't really add much other than, you know, that Val wants to invade Wakanda to get, vibranium but, um, but you've already and, set that up perfectly with you know special guest star 
Richard Schiff and <laughs> and and the French, you know, the American and the French wanting to invade Wakanda because Shout they out feel to that- Richard Schiff's agent for getting him that because like <laughs> that, that was it's the five words that all Marvel fans want to hear: special guest star Richard Schiff. Just I love so Richard people Schiff didn't, if that. you didn't notice that, like in the credits, everyone gets a normal credit. Richard Schiff gets a special guest star thing separate from everyone else. And I'm like, That's, he has the best agent in Hollywood. If you if you don't have Richard Schiff's agent, get in touch with Richard Schiff. Hilarious. Um, but you had that set up so perfectly with, you know, Angela Bassett taking on the French and Americans and and sort of like you know, laying the law down on them and showing how hypocritical they were and going behind, uh, you know, the, the UN and the Geneva courts yeah. back and, and trying to steal vibranium. It's like, you don't need, you know, Dreyfus's character to continue to reiterate that, you know, you already had that. You already had the special guest star. You needed. Yeah. Uh, and then you think with everything, when Richard Schiff got ripped in half by the two Tyrannus Rexes in, uh, in uh, yes. Lost World. Good shit, man. Oh, he That's was such a nice stuff. character. Too. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Um, but I also don't like, are we just still supposed to believe the American government? Like, I guess it's, it's Thaddeus Ross and stuff has always never trusted superhuman people and, and stuff like that. Or he's always had something kind of against them because like, I do, still don't, well, he's not in control, he, right? Like that's I the still, whole point. Yeah. And I still don't believe that the U S government would invade Wakanda after everything that happened in infinity war and Endgame. Like I know that we know that the Sokovia Accords were thrown out and aren't a thing anymore in she-hulk and like but you'd think like they would know what happened with you know t'challa and an infinity war and an end game and like that you'd maybe just go yeah the wakandans are good people like we'll just like but i, I guess, I that's guess the but it point. is looking at history as well i mean obviously this is not a historical accurate movie in any way but it is looking at the idea oh, yeah. of, of of you know whether it be mining uh, materials in the Middle or East, like oil or colonization, yeah. like yeah. even if it's doing it in a way that is is sneaky about it in, in a yeah. covert kind of manner, like I I could still see the U.S. doing that. Oh sure, I, I guess even in the MCU, they they've always never been great people. Like even with no, you know, Hydra being you know infecting shield, which is the other thing like that, that kind of always way. goes against Nick Fury because he's always the guy that has to know everything and and has kind of the lowdown on on every aspect and knows the the play two steps before it actually happens that he didn't realize that Hydra was shield. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. So yeah, we get all this Val stuff and all this Everett Ross stuff, which very much feels like set up for secret invasion and Thunderbolts, right? So like that is that kind of MCU second movie world building stuff where you're like, you're throwing a little too much into this movie. And a little like I don't know if I get it's the end of phase four. So you're like, fuck, we got to, we got to set up some phase five stuff. <laughs> like we, so you kind of go, Oh, secret invasions coming. We got, we got this guy in here. We got to kind of set up part of that. Ooh, we got thunderbolts coming. We got to, but I don't even know if Val does anything to set up anything in Thunderbolts here. Like, well, that's the thing. Unless, I, like, like, unless like, Namor is going to be part of. <laughs> it would be amazing like, if Julie Dreyfus is wearing one of those like uh, uh, apparatuses yeah. on her nose and she's recruited. I think it's almost, again, this is this is kind of like going, this is reaching for it. But I guess what they're trying to do here, and maybe we'll, we'll get news of it at like the second or third week the film's been released, is maybe it's like, okay, well, now that that Val's a part of this or a part of knowing about Wakanda and the vibranium and wanting to be a part of that. Maybe that's where she recruits Daniel Brühl's character. And we haven't gotten that yet, but because like, it's like, okay, you're the guy that kind of 
knows a little bit about this and knows has had yeah so with Chichala. Because did they take him prisoner? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They do yeah. right because like the the Dora Milaje is in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they take and they take him. Yeah. Oh, so he's been just around this whole movie, just in a prison somewhere. They yeah. just don't. He's okay. like Cassian Andor. He's he's still in prison. This is yeah. they don't realize he's okay. That's a good point, and that's probably where it's going. Like, but it's such where... a it's such a weird like long way around to get there with not even like yeah. referencing. Or and that's just... what I mean by the long game of like maybe when we see that happen in Thunderbolts or whatever before then, <laughs> like maybe we go back and go okay, the Val stuff feels a little bit more meaningful in this movie and right now it's a lot of phase four stuff i think right is is you before we knew of the multiverse saga no no siri no stop i'm not no sure no i um I, I don't know she's still hovering um before we knew where everything was going i feel like a lot of people felt like phase four was a little aimless right like we we they set up a lot of things but there's hasn't been much payoff yet so i could see certain sequences this the post credits in Captain, uh, not Captain Marvel, in Shang Chi. You know certain things with Val, like all these little threads. Where now you know it's leading to Kang and Secret Wars, but you still don't know how that's all going to tie together. So, like that's what I mean by once we get Phase Five leading into Kang Dynasty. I guess it would be the first thing, um, and maybe with Quantum Mania being the the first thing of Phase Five, we're going to start to see some of these pieces. And Secret Invasion and Quantumania, I think, are going to be the two big things that both from the U.S. government side of things and in the, you know, more um, uh, not even uh, like space because quantum's not space. But you know what I kind of mean. There's different areas of the MCU all kind of coming together. So um, I'm curious. But like the Val stuff right now and the Everett Ross stuff, I'm like... It didn't really make me excited to see Thunderbolts more or didn't really make me go, oh, Everett Ross is coming back for Secret Invasion. Um, Well, even with Thunderbolts, I'm still kind of like, I wish that they were having more fun with it in the way. Like, I mean, Suicide Squad is hot garbage and the Suicide Squad is, is much better, obviously. But what I like about both of those movies, if there is one nice thing to say, is that they do pick the most ridiculous characters they could possibly find. And I rather them like Marvel go to the ends of the earth to find characters that haven't even been introduced into the MCU at all yet. Just find the most ridiculous person you can like a character that is just like such a novelty and have them be a part of the team where this, this whole Thunderbolts thing kind of feels like self serious or what? Well, no, we're going to, we're going to force some of these characters. We're going to make you like ghosts, right? (laughs) You're going to, you're going to like ghosts. Damn it. It's, it's, it's like almost like the star Wars prequel thing where it's like, they are trying to salvage this, the, 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 the aspects or the components of the franchise that didn't work so well and then kind of redeem them in a way and then kind of yeah. make you like them again or reinvent them. And I, I guess don't know that the whole that's going to work. With, I think it'll rely a lot on Florence Pugh and Sebastian Stan, right? Being like well, one uh, of those two things, one of those two people are, is good. And then the other one yeah. is like a wooden brick. Uh, I like Winter Soldier, but like, I think uh, I think it's fine. But like he's not- I love Wyatt Russell as John Walker. So like I I do like there the idea go. of like a Dark Avengers kind of thing, right? Like right. I, I like the idea of it of a, an Avengers group that will fucking murder you, even though the Avengers do kill people. <laughs> that's their t- like that's that. their tagline. Like, we'll fucking um, murder you. <laughs> yeah, like I, but you know what I mean. Even though Captain America kills people, like they haven't really done the DC thing where good people. 
even though DC didn't do it. But like good people don't kill you know people. But they do, I guess it's Except like we Superman. Don't, we don't kill collateral people, damage. We don't kill people violently. Where John Walker right. will smash your face in or something like that, right? Or or stuff like that. But like, is anyone asking for Taskmaster back? Or like having three characters from Black Widow seems like a weird imbalance in that movie. Yeah. Like you have. You know, three characters from Falcon and the Winter Soldier with, uh, you know, Winter Soldier, uh, Val and John Walker. You have three characters from Black Widow, which I get those two worlds kind of colliding because they're both on the espionage kind of side of the MCU. But ghosts. Like, and then ghosts, which are like, all right, cool. And then, anyways, I I guess Val set up in this. I I think you make a good point about Daniel Bruhl uh, of. They haven't announced him for the cast yet, but I'm assuming he'll be in that movie and because he usually is the leader of the Thunderbolts, if I'm not wrong. Um, so You're not Ross. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, Harrison I don't want to I don't want to. Yeah, um, I don't want to focus too much on, on that stuff. But those I think Riri and and Everett Ross and Val are kind of those things that feel very MCU sequel world building shoehorn which is like stuff we've gotten in other MCU movies. Cause you do have to look about this larger storytelling, this larger universe. And you can kind of tell that that stuff is the stuff Ryan Coogler is the least interested in. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very straight. It's the comedy's not always it's uninspired. Like, basically. It's almost like this obligation that you have to fill because you, you are a part of this bigger universe and like when you get to those moments it's just like okay let's just get through this as quickly as possible Uh, but it does you know slow down a movie that has a lot going on and to say and then when you get to those moments it's kind of like yeah you could have put this in secret invasion and like i don't even know how they end off i forget already like what's the last sequence with the last sequence is that is that that val finds out that Ross has been going behind right her back and that she knew. Oh, she arrests him. And then the post credit, not the post credits, the very end of the movie, uh, they go and Shuri comes, right. Or or is it Okoya? Um, who comes or, uh, to save Everett Ross from in the, Oh, uh, 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 Okoya. Okoya comes and and takes, uh, Everett Ross and, and is seemingly taking him to Wakanda, right. To like, God. But then we know he's in Secret Invasion. So is Wakanda yeah. going to be a part of Secret Invasion? Is is one of the Wakandans a a, a, a scroll? That is cool. Well, maybe they don't like, take him to Wakanda. Maybe they maybe they have a rendezvous with with you know Samuel Jackson. Uh yeah, you're making a good point. So I think that's a good jumping off point. So the final, if there's anything else on the movie side of things, Eric, spoilery that you wanted to talk about before we go into like the post credit scene and and what's next, uh, basically. I think no, like I think overall, like yeah, I think the action sequences. There's nothing really to s- spoil about it. I think the choreography is great in certain sequences, and um, I really do like the MIT chase sequence um, and the battle on the bridge. I think is really cool. I, I love kept thinking the- of that Devry ad every time, <laughs> like you know that, ad that where the guys like it's like stop what. You- you're thinking about applying for college now stop what you're doing get off the couch call now <laughs> she definitely doesn't go to devry <laughs> i know but, but i just thought of that ad weirdly where it's sure. like every oh, u.s man. college and university is the same that is about yeah. tech stuff um which I, I like but it's also funny that like again like one thing we haven't even mentioned is that you have a character that is so 
intelligent and 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 innovative and the actor who's playing Shuri is an anti-vaxxer and you're just like seemingly such a bummer i know she's kind of denied that so um it is a little bit of Ferreira that no no more (laughs) okay no namor (laughs) i gotcha um I um yeah that's kind of because I do genuinely think Letitia Wright is good as this character and a good actress. Um, that stuff is complicated and she's denied it, but um, it's just you know at least she's taken the route of going like they're giving me this opportunity. I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. <laughs> so um, which is like not doubling and tripling down on it because someone definitely probably talked to her and go listen. You have the opportunity of a lifetime here. You need to kind of zip yeah. it. And, and let's be real. She might like, not have tripled or doubled down anyways. Vaccination wise. Yeah, I know. Yep. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, moving on to the uh, final kind of thing. And then what's next for the MCU um, before we wrap. Um, we talked about the ending with Namor. They let Shuri lets him survive. He kind of goes back to Talokan with the, um, basically setting up that now they have an ally sort of with Wakanda. Uh, that's what he sets up. Like that's because his people are asking him, like, why did you kind of let this go? And why did you kind of call a truce? So they kind of set him up uh, to still be an anti-hero for the future. They do reference that he is a mutant. Um, so we know. Yeah, we didn't get that sound cue <laughs> no. this time, but we do know two mutants in the MCU now, which is Ms. Marvel and, and Namor which is great. Um, and then the, we see that Everest Ross, Everest, Everett Ross is, <laughs> is Everest Ross. <laughs> um, and then the final post-credit scene is a, in a very emotional scene where Shuri goes to visit Nakia and she is going to, uh, burn her, her funeral, um, clothes from her mother's funeral as a final kind of, uh, that's what she's going to do. Right. Much yeah. Which was something that was uh, set up, up earlier, in, earlier on where, where, you know, the, the, where Angela Bassett's character kind of talks about like having to eventually let go and, and to kind of leave the, the, the past where it is, but also to accept that they're still there, you know, as, as a part of you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she goes to to do that ritual and then uh, Nakia comes over and introduces Shuri to her nephew who is also named T'Challa who is T'Challa and Nakia's son who they reveal that uh, they secretly had um, and they were living in um, sorry where is she living I forget um, in Haiti. Haiti, thank you. Um, and that uh, Queen Ramonda did meet T'Challa's son when she came to confront Nakia and and ask her for help to try to take down Namor and rescue uh, Shuri. So we do find out that they had this secret son um, and that, uh, you know, that's the reason why Nakia didn't show up to the funeral because they were still trying to figure out what to do and that t'challa son t'challa is okay with his father's death and understand uh that it's a part uh, of life and and you know it's this very kind of touching sequence where shuri is obviously dealing with this news and it's very emotional and then that's kind of how the the movie ends um eric how'd you feel about them introducing that he had that was a rumor that i remember reading that you know t'challa and nakia were going to have a son um 
I, I think in, in lesser hands, it could have come off as almost soap opery, like yeah. in the Fast and Furious uh, sure. movies, where I think, you know, you even mentioned, like, thankfully they didn't name him Chadwick because that kind of would have been like, why? Like, in the same way mm-hmm. that they named Dom's son Paul, it's like, it doesn't make any. No, or they named him Brian, didn't they? Right, right. But right. then Brian's still alive, still alive. in the universe, yeah. so it doesn't make any sense. It's weird. But, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think it's it's well earned i think like it, it it works and 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 again like it's the last on-screen moment for the movie because if you had had another scene or After, a post-credit scene yeah. with you know like a lot of people that rumored Bob, dr doom, dr. doom right? was gonna be in there and and it I seems like they would, removed it like it seems like they or were or they just didn't go- want to i mean maybe they just saw the movie and it just didn't work because Fit, like it's yeah. like you have this really emotional moment with the rihanna song lift me up and and it's just like it's a banger okay, like like it's yeah it's 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 it all comes together in a way that feels like it sticks the landing there and it's like well why would you need to add anything else to it why would you need to oversell it and there's the the right amount of emotion that is both manipulative to a certain extent but at the same time it's like okay like you know, like this is probably the best way to hint at the next generation, the way that you guys have been doing it already with other characters, whether they be, you know, the sons and daughters of superheroes or sort of, you know, the, the apprentices of, of somebody. And so I think that works thematically a lot better than having the shoehorn stuff in with, you know, Riri Williams and, the Val and, and Ross stuff kind of being like, okay, well this stuff is going to also kind of play a bigger part later on. And even like even Namor, obviously, but Namor does feel in tangent tangential to the story that's being told where like that other stuff sometimes does feel like, okay, like we're, we're interweaving stuff that is going to play a part later on, but maybe isn't necessary to, the story we're telling here where that mid credit scene does feel like a nice kind of tribute legacy capper and to, you know, T'Challa, but also the next generation, but still also being respectful and honoring the women of Wakanda, not simply just saying like, Oh, we'll wait until the next man comes into power. It's like, no, it's like, this is Shuri's time. You know, this is still going to be Shuri's time. Because mm-hmm. you know? his son would seemingly be like five years old in this sequence, I think, or, or something. Like maybe that, a little, maybe maybe a little five or older. six. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you got to think as well, like the con- like the continuity there. It's like, how was that affected with the time jump? Or like yeah, the, the, but it would have been after the time that. jump because he was dusted, right? Or yeah. did he have it with her before the time jump? And then they, he didn't get dusted or the son maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But well, yeah, T'Challa did get dusted. Yeah, but the son might not have right. gotten dusted. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I like it. Um, I'm curious of where it's all leading. Like they're introducing a lot of children, both very young and, and in their teenage years. So like it almost made me think that are we going to get another time jump eventually? Or is this just really future proofing? And, and or is long- this Riri? <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. Um, or is this just really like long form storytelling, right? Like of going Kevin Feige and the and the team looking, playing the long game of going, 
what are we going to do in 10 years or 15 years in 20 years? Is this still going to be something? Are we going to have to reset at some point? Are we going to just start to plant the seeds for younger characters where in 10 years time, in 15 years time, they can take over the mantle of some of these characters. So we have a new Black Panther that is T'Challa, but it's T'Challa's son, much like, you know, it's it's kind of anime storytelling in a little bit, right? With even using the the term sagas, right? Like with Infinity Saga. Oh with God, the, here we go. With Dragon multi- Ball Z, it's all with coming the multi- back. <laughs> with the multiverse saga, you're seemingly going to get the mutant saga, right? And then whatever comes next after that. And if each one of these things is going to be 10 years, say, right? Like uh, these sagas, like you got to think that you're starting to plant the seeds for some of these characters, whether you do another time jump uh, five years down the line, 10 years down the line that uh, that makes some of these characters a little bit older or you have a mix of characters that, you know, Haley Steinfeld can play both a little bit older and probably younger, depending on like she can play a little bit younger now. But if they jumped five years, she could still play that character and maybe uh, not feel out of place like she's too young or or something like that or even if they end up doing secret wars and people go to battle world or or, or things like that like time difference could be play and we know that we're dealing with time travel and time manipulation and stuff like that too so it could be this weird mix much like the snap where you can jump ahead in time and you can age up certain characters you can keep certain characters the same age depending on if they were lost in time or something like that um much like they did with uh, Infinity War and Endgame. So it it is interesting because I do think it is Shuri's time. I think there's some insurance there, I guess, with Letitia Wright, depending on... Insurance there? God. Um, And uh, I I really do think that that character will ultimately become the next Black Panther when they recast an actor who is, you know, a a talented actor in five to ten years that maybe is, is the age that a young i guess shuri should be black panther for a while they could have two black panthers who knows um so yeah i think it's interesting i think it's a nice emotional end cap to the movie um i uh i think it is interesting like naming him t'challa again t'challa the second i guess and um uh yeah it's interesting I, i i'm very curious to see where they go so like i guess that's the final thing is like yeah like this being the end of phase four and with quantum mania leading phase five like you know phase four has been you know as a marvel fan interesting like i think it's been up and down when it comes to the quality of the movies like i don't think anything's been i think eternals is the only one we were both really like that didn't work and And that was the one we were looking forward to the most because of chloe zhao and because of you know, her approach to shooting, you know, on location and not in a studio and, and not using a lot of green screen and, and, and blue screen for, you know, the, for coverage. And, and even though I appreciate everything she did, um, like I, the one thing I do love about that movie and, and it's such a small little thing was the, the scroll at the beginning. That oh, yeah. opening, which like, a lot that of people was, didn't like, but we liked it. <laughs> that was the one thing that was yeah. actually kind of interesting. It started so it strong you of, like, of an oh, cool. '80s fantasy movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was the that was the biggest disappointment, I think. And and moving forward, now it does feel 
like, okay, there are things that you can, you can predict like where they're going. I mean, they've set it up basically that it's like, okay, next we have Ant-Man and we're getting secret invasion. So those are going to be what February and March. And then from there, you know, like there's going to be work on blade. So that's not going to happen next year, but then we're getting guardians three, right. And guardians three is also going to change the hierarchy of the guardians, uh, gal- uh guardians yeah. of the galaxy. And I, and I can use that reference because James Gunn will, is, is working both DC and Marvel at the same time. Um, so that movie is also going to probably ch- change the trajectory and structure of you know, that part of the universe moving forward. Yeah. So, so the movies in phase five, or let's, let's Adam Warlock. On. Adam Warlock is such a huge part yeah. of, of like he, Marvel, like, I mean, in the, yeah. in the comic books, he's like kind of like the, he was a um, huge part of infinity of the, Infinity yeah, like saga he's, he's in like the, the guy that beats comics. Thanos, right? Yeah. Like, so they'll probably use him in a similar way in, in the multiverse saga, but yeah. So the films, black widow, Shang-Chi eternals, Spider-Man, no way home. Uh, which we always forget about. Um, yeah, uh, actually, that probably is, is the best. Is the best when best we talked one. about. Yeah, but it almost still feels weirdly like an it's outlier. Only, yeah. Still, then you have Multiverse of Madness, Thor: Love and Thunder, and now Wakanda Forever. And then on the TV show side of things, you had all the MCU TV shows leading up to this point. So, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki season one, What If season one, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She Hulk, uh, Attorney at Law. So, like when I said hit or miss, like and Werewolf by Night, and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is special presentation. So, I really, <laughs> it's I funny think having to repeat that line. Um, I think like. At worst, you had the Eternals and Moon Knight stuff, which is the stuff I think we actively did not really enjoy. And the stuff right? we were also and, looking forward yeah. to most. I mean, again, Oscar Isaac and Ethan yeah. Hawke, the Paul Schrader uh, Verse. universe. <laughs> yeah. But then you have the things like, you know, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, Thor Love and Thunder all have, you know, I think Doctor Strange and Thor are maybe a little bit more interesting than Black Widow, but then Black Widow was executed very straight and was just a solid Mission Impossible kind of adjacent movie. Um, but all kind of in that kind of like, you, they're good. There's good moments. There's not so great moments. And then you have the Spider-Man and Black Panthers and Shang-Chi's, which I think are on that upper tier of movies um, of, of actually being, you know, good to great. Um, and then on WandaVision starting so strong, Falcon Winter Soldier being kind of mid, Loki being great, what if being hit or miss, Hawkeye being mid, Moon Knight not being great, Miss Marvel being great, and then She-Hulk being great. So like it's been all over the place and it's hard to see, you know, other than Kang being in Loki at the very end, this being the multiverse saga. I keep saying this, but like going back and watching phase four before Kang Dynasty. Are we going to see, I guess maybe in the Shang-Chi post credit scene is going to mean something, right? Like obviously multiverse of madness uh, playing with the multiverse is going to mean something. Thor, Love and Thunder introducing Thor and Gore's daughter um, at the end is is interesting. I mean, Black Widow having three characters being part of Thunderbolts, right? Like, um, you know, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton being the director of, of Kang Dynasty uh, is interesting as well too, right? So phase four, it's going to be interesting looking back on like going, is this going to be the phase where we're like, oh, these were all kind of their own thing. Obviously there was- Well, it's like phase this. one again, right? Because yeah. you're getting a lot of new characters where you're going to have to tell part of an origin story and then part of it as well now is because you have 
the 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 rest of the world so built out that you have the origin story it's part origin story for a lot of these and then it's also how does it connect to the the bigger picture and then you have a little bit of experimental kind of stuff depending on um you know the style like with wandavision taking on you know the different decades of of television and things like that where it's like you can play within those parameters a little bit more and then you know some of the stuff again you could predict like there was going to be a third ant-man movie there's probably going to be another spider-man movie at some point um you know like you can you can kind of tell what ones are going to be the sequels but then it's like okay well how are the eternals now going to come back because it feels like nobody cared about the eternals yeah in any way whatsoever but they did kind of reference um the Celestials, right, in, in Thor, Love, and Thunder a little bit. Like, you did see the one in, in, in Zeus's... In the, um, yeah, the God uh, Chamber or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say Fuck Hut, but that's yeah. that's Paul Newman <laughs> and uh, Joanna Woodward. Um, uh, but yeah, like, stuff like that, where, where like, th- there are some references to the God stuff. And then, obviously, like, with Doctor, you know, uh, Strange, you had American Chavez and things like that. The multiverse. Like, the like it's called the multiverse saga. So you saw the multiverse in Spider-Man in Doctor Strange, in What If, and in Loki, right? So, yeah. um, you know, those are the seeds that they're planting, and then they, we'll see how these other things kind of fit in. Um, so, because yeah. the, the, the the supernatural stuff as well, like you you had a little bit of that even hinted in Eternals with the Black Knight and and with, you know, the voiceover by Mahershala Ali as Blade, but then, um, you know, you have Werewolf by Night, you have Moon Knight, these characters as well it's like how do they all fit into it or are they all going to be like their own like subsection in in this story and then you know again moving forward we're getting deadpool 3 you know how is deadpool going to be brought into the mcu which will be part of phase six right so phase five we have for the on the film side of things ant-man and the wasp quantum mania in february guardians of the galaxy volume three in may correct the Marvels in the fall, right? Yeah, because yeah. it was in supposed to be February or March yeah. next year, but then it, it was moved. So now Marvels in the fall. Then in 2024, we have Captain America, New World Order, Thunderbolts, and Blade. So that is the, on the film side of things, the next phase, phase five. And then on the TV series side, you see Secret Invasion, Echo, Loki Season 2, Ironheart, Agatha Coven of Chaos and Daredevil Born Again. So it's interesting because you got this cosmic side of the MCU and I'll even include quantum mania in that side, even though it's not in space per se, but like the quantum realm, I think is still kind of in that cosmic side of things, even though it's more science, I guess. Um, And Kang will obviously be a part of that. And you assume Loki season two. So that sets up Kang dynasty. You have guardians of the galaxy volume three, which the guardians have always been kind of doing their own thing. Right. And I think James, unless it's an Avengers film, I think the guardians will very much be doing its own thing again. Like, I don't think you're going to have a lot of connection as we saw with Thor love and thunder, where they just kind of wrote them out of that very quickly that like, you know, you wrote them into a spot with Thor and then wrote them out of a spot with Thor very quickly. So James Gunn will just come in and do his own thing with guardians three. And then you have all the setup with the Marvels, which is also in the cosmic realm. And then you have that kind of government side of the MCU with captain America, new, new world order, thunderbolts, secret invasion, the ground level stuff. Echo is on the ground level. Uh, Daredevils on the ground level. Even Ironheart, to an extent, is more on that tech side. But 
it could play into, especially how they introduced her in this movie, into that kind of government side of things, right? Because like you assume Armor Wars, she'll be part of that or, or dealing with that moving which forward is, too. Which is also important like, to mention because it was supposed to be a series and now they're going back to the movie, for that. Right? Yeah. And then uh, I think I've mentioned everything. Uh, Agatha Coven of Chaos, I guess, is that supernatural side with Blade, right? Like maybe not one-to-one, but or maybe they don't connect per se, but... Well, I think um, that's going to be a way to bring back Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I mean, that's and what then, the, that's what's going to be at, at the end of the day. But that's yeah. also one that kind of feels like it came outlier? out of the six. Well, it came yeah. out of the success of WandaVision and, and, and uh, you know, that character kind of being popular, because like, I wonder if that character was even being considered to have their own series or come Until back again series, in that way. Yeah. 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 And then we just saw that Aubrey Plaza is probably cast in, in that series. There's rumors of Sasha Baron Cohen playing Mephisto in Ironheart, which doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm, I'm here for it. But it's also um, then, then, you know, with Mephisto, like we're getting closer to like ghost rider too. Right. So. Yeah. And like, and then daredevil born again is really interesting because it's going to be 18 episodes, oh, which, God. which, I'm here for because I love what Star Wars is doing with Andor. So like if we can start to see the MCU start to play with those episode counts and in the style of those shows, like of not just being six hour long movies, like and because Andor is just absolutely crushing it and it, it's just it's so good but nobody's watching um, it though like in terms of like I know. Th- it seems to be like the anti-star wars thing but it's it's it really it is embracing everything that is great about star wars yeah. and i do think the other thing that we didn't really talk about in the spoiler or in our, our um, non-spoiler review is that there is that bit of superhero comic book fatigue that i think is starting to set in for a lot of people especially people that are just kind of you know um general uh audiences and moviegoers where like you are starting to get a little bit of that sense of like okay maybe this is too much um, yeah i'll be curious i think we'll see that um in the box office right like i'm curious i think that's where you start to see if people are starting to feel that and if people are just waiting to watch things on disney plus or they don't i think ant-man and and, and the wasp would be a good would yeah because like this is like wakanda forever is going to do really yeah. well like it, like it's it just the it, first movie it, made over a billion dollars chadwick passing we know like with dark knight and other movies where um you know a lead passes even though you know Heath Ledger was in that movie and you know what I mean but like I still think that gives it a lot of attention and and curiosity um where I'm with you with Ant-Man and the Wasp where the Ant-Man movies never They've particularly fine, yeah, it, yeah where this one does very much seem like it's more important than the other ones right. um but I I am very curious like you know Guardians will do well I think it's Ant-Man and the Marvels that'll be interesting to watch next year to see if MC Yeah because if there's that su- yeah because if there is that superhero fatigue a part of what kind of I think really elevated those movies well quite a bit in the box office was because they were connected to the rest of the MCU right so it's like okay well even though they're not as maybe the quality of them aren't, aren't as great or they don't compare to the other ones. You're still going to go and see them because they're, you know, they you need to see everything in order to understand everything that's going on. Yeah. But you know, if, if people are kind of like picking and choosing now, or it's like, Oh, I can just wait and watch this when it's on Disney plus I could see Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, and, and uh, the Marvels, you know, kind of being the ones that suffer a little bit. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, like 
<clears throat> on paper, you could say like, oh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy probably would have been that, but it was so popular and it did something different. And it was still at a time where, you know, comic book movies were, you know, all the rage and they still are. I mean, obviously they are a huge part of the box office, but it, it is getting to that point now where I think like with Thor Love and Thunder, people were starting to feel it quite a bit. And like that movie having some disappointments and, and, and having a level of like, Oh, are we going to, we should have gotten more from that than we did. We, yeah. we should have gotten Thor from that than we did, but we didn't. So, all right, you know. that's it. We're wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for uh listening or watching uh we really really do we really appreciate it um you guys can check out our spoiler free review if you want another 45 minutes um of us talking about this movie but in more vague terms if you haven't watched that or listened to that yet over on the reviews channel uh we also have the untitled movie podcast where eric and i talk about our experience uh, attending the virtual press conference uh for black panther uh wakanda forever and then there's a ton of more stuff you can listen to uh, or watch if you want like a review for causeway uh tales of the jedi uh armageddon time uh after sun the good nurse black adam uh halloween ends tar uh rosalind amsterdam um tons of other stuff all of our tiff coverage is up there as well if you want a one-stop shop for everything just head over to letterbox which is untitled underscore movies that's probably going to be the best place to keep up with us <laughs> to be honest so if you love movies go over to letterbox subscribe there um hang out on letterbox because i feel like who knows what's going on with Twitter? But uh, if you want to know, uh, you know, everywhere else I am, just go to untitledmoviepodcast.com and follow me on uh, whatever social medias are left at Matt Rorbeck. <laughs> wow, that's really depressing. Uh, and I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. So if Thanos is Frieza, is Kang Cell? And is he going to be absorbing anyone? Hmm. Who's Majin Buu? Oh, God. <laughs> Bye, everyone.